Jersey in the building, everybody. Let, listen, shout out to everybody tuning in. We back. I know it took a minute, but your boy's been busy. But the Smoking Word podcast is back, so I had to come back with a banger. This one was planned. I'm glad it came sooner than I expected. Real soon. And yeah. um, but um, that's how we do it. Like when I say I'm open 24, I was open 24. I just had to make sure I could get my coffee in. But anyway. You you know, said, what can you do? So I said, what you got going on today? Yeah, you're like, what you got going on in four minutes? I was like, yo, hold on. I think I could get coffee too. But we got the OG um, guitar. Um, I can't even say. I saw the word when somebody described you. Virtuoso. That, that's probably the first time I even ever said that word. So let me tell you. You could put that in your, in your checklist. Hoya said that word. And I probably couldn't say it again. Right? But... Um, Ben Wyman, ST, freaking, you know, a hundred bands. Well, not a hundred bands, right? Well, you know what, actually, you uh, filled it. Well, you got in in a lot of black. You played with a lot of bands. How many probably, bands you considered you? Dillinger Escape Plan, and then I did um, that little band, Giraffe Tongue Orchestra. Which I saw that. With, you know, some dudes, and then uh, and then ST, but. I have probably about seven bands in my hard drive I haven't finished. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that's the no, but that's the people who ain't ready for that. Yeah, we'll talk about some of that. But um, yeah, but Dillinger, that's been your, you know, obviously it's crazy because um <clears throat> we played a couple of shows throughout the years. Not a lot, but we always cross paths and we have a lot of the same friends. You know, Absolutely, so it's yeah. So it's one of the last times we played, if I remember correctly, which don't kid yourself. Just because I smoke weed, people think I got a bad memory. I remember everything. We played in Europe with you guys. And um, I think that might have been the last time we played together. Because I remember. Yeah, because oh. I remember. Never, I always want to watch you guys. Because I'm like, yo, and, and and Mikey, my drummer. Shout out to Mikey. Just staying. I was just talking to him. He was like, yo, they're on right now. And we're like, oh, shit, let's go peep them, you know. And, um, Mikey's so. great. Yeah, yeah. And, I, see, um, I see Mikey a lot of bands. Yeah, oh yeah, he's definitely yeah, yeah. And I had to get him, you know. Yeah. You know, when I heard that he was a, I actually when we were looking for a drummer, I eavesdropped on him talking to somebody. No. And he, yeah, so he was talking to somebody, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna." He was filling in for a band. He goes, "Yeah, I'm probably who knows. I'm probably just working, kind of whatever." And I was like, <laughs> "Exactly." So, uh, but Ooh. Dirty Jersey, right? Born and bred. Yep. For Dirty Jersey, and you know that's. Why, um, you know, I talk about a lot of bands come from New Jersey, you know, a lot of good oh, bands. Wow. And I always say it's because we, we can get on a train to go to New York, yeah. you know, so there's just so much culture in New York, so yeah. much going on, so much excitement. So if we were in the Burbs, we had a garage or yeah. basement For sure. so we could, we could practice. Unlike a lot of city folk, we could yeah. make noise all the time. But we can go to New York and get into the mess, you know, and and be around danger and yeah, art sure. and you know influence. And so, that's how it was built. People, you know, I you know, there's something that uh, also a misconception people have about New York, 
that everybody was from the Lower East Side who made the Lower East Side what the Lower East Side was in the art. It was like, no, it was people from the boroughs and the and the suburbs that had that. Exactly. We you yeah. know we look for that. We look for that something that our normal you know, everyday neighborhoods didn't have. And these these wild places had what we were looking for, or we, you know, like minded people lived there. Yes. So same yeah, thing with no, us. We, I was from Queens, you know. It was like I I grew up working middle class. I didn't grow up in a squad, but right, you know, right. I had a house and a mother and a father. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. No, that's. I mean, that's it. Like, you know, we were able to access that, which was valuable. You know, all these bands, Misfits. Yeah. You know, I mean, I used to work at a record store in Jersey, and my boss would say, "Oh, Danzig would come in all the time, pushing his." tapes and we'd be like get the fuck out of here kid you know and he'd be like listen to my band listen to my band you know like everyone hustled you know and we all hustled and it, it, when i came up it was like there there was and there was headbangers ball you know what i mean and headbangers ball big gave us access to a mythology that was happening in new york right you know close to us and when bands like Biohazard or Sick of It All and, and stuff, and even you guys started getting videos on and stuff like that, it was like, whoa, there's, this is huge. Yeah. This is huge, and it's possible. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That was how it was for us. Yeah. You know, the, the possibility of something happening – you know, we we just happened to be on Roadrunner, which happened to be the biggest metal label at the time. Yeah. And we knew it, but we were able to be like, okay, they weren't giving us the videos because at the time they would give like one band a video budget because back then it was like 100 grand, 200 grand. If, and Sepultura would get it or Typo. But we were like, wow, we're in the same room where somebody's getting a video. You know, yeah. so it felt like <laughs> maybe one day, you know, the, we trip in the right room, we fall in a video, soundstage. I remember growing up, it's like Roadrunner was everything, yeah. you know? All right. Everything. and get to, Let me ask you this. Cause you're, I, I hear you. You had, we had, you had space to rehearse. I don't care how much time you got to rehearse. You don't get that good. Like you with just, re, you know, rehearsing and not being, having a little extra something in your family. Is it music family or you just happen to be one of the guys? You know, that um, No, uh, I think, you know, grandfather I never met was like a multi-instrumentalist. And like, you know, my mom says I was like him because I, I'm always prankster. I'm making music. I'm fucking doing art. I'm doing magic. I like doing magic and stuff. Just silly shit. Dope, dope. Said he was just like that. But I didn't know anyone in my family like that. But you know what I did? My dad was heavily into Broadway musicals. Wow. All right. And he wasn't even gay. All right. That's right there, <laughs> right there. You could put them down as like uh, you got uh, jackalope, unicorn, and your pops. Yeah, he's a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, he's in the yeah. mix with that. And <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was going to New York, going all these Broadway musicals when I was a kid. Yeah, and I was seeing like you know original casts of these big shows that end up having movies later. These cats and all that shit, Les Miserables, all that stuff. But uh. You know, I was forced to go to the stuff, but I was seeing like those those, those musicals, man. The music sold, told stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there was a lot going on, and it was telling stories, and there was dynamics. You know, a lot of dynamics because shit was happening. So I think that was a huge influence on me to have like a lot going on. 
you know, yeah. telling the stories, different dynamics, like your whole, music. That explains story. that's trying to explain some of your music right now. Yeah, like a whole, you know, a whole story was in one musical. You know what I mean? A whole lifetime of some characters was in with ups and downs and changes could be in 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 a short period of music. So I was, I think that might have had an influence on so much dynamics in my music. Like, yeah, definitely, it's organized um, chaos because that shit is crazy. You yeah, know, because I'm such a moron with my music. I'm like, I'd be like, uh, 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 uh. and you know, I hear your shit. That shit sounds like when I plug in my fucking Mac, but you know what I mean? And I'm like, it started, I'm like, just starting to make the, the, the flame. You know what I mean? Like the, the gorilla with the two rocks. I'm still that's in that dumb. zone, but there's a place for everywhere, for everything. That's, yeah, you yeah. know. Well, I mean, that's with that band with Dillinger. It was always my favorite moments was like those breakdowns or something, yeah. you know, because it's like without dark, there's no light. So of course, I felt like, you know, we were playing in standard E, which became very rare. For well, which I was about to say is yeah. it's, you know, and we know, and we were, you know, it's okay for a hardcore punk band, mm -hmm. you know, and even then we would take a half a step, a half a step. And we were like, well, okay, we don't want to be hate breed. And we're like, but you know, it's a touchy yeah. subject. It was at least back in yeah, the day. But I mean, you know, pretty soon in the by the mid '90s, late '90s, people started tuning the guitars down. All they had to do was fucking hit the thing, and it was heavy. Just gong, you know what I mean? And it was like sometimes it's like, man, this could be fuck. But I'm like yeah. Slayer, Metallica, Anthrax. That's where I came up, and they had riffs. You know, it was riffs. Mm -hmm. there, was no, there was no faking it. There was no just. And not that it's fake, it's just, it's a different thing. I was like, so, and I'm lazy. I never wanted to change tunings. I don't, I'm not like a theory guy. I'm not yeah. like even a gear guy. Like, I don't yeah. even want to mess with my guitar, yeah. like yeah. mess and stuff. So, you know, it was, uh, I was like, this is what, I know six strings. I know E, I, I'm going to get as much out of it as possible. <laughs> That's it. I'm, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not. No, no, exactly. And I know it's people that don't know that people out there listening who don't play an instrument um, are wondering this tuning stuff is like tech talk. But it's basically it's something that the average listener probably doesn't pay attention to. But musicians will will literally talk shit on you or, you know, your band could get looked at in a different way for literally tuning different because it will bring a vibe. It could bring the vibe down to certain songs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, some bands literally do it for every song. So our type of bands kind of stay in a similar zone, and that's our thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We came up from a thrash era where, yeah, exactly. you know, back then, I guess also it was by design. These guys didn't have early on a, a text to be able to switch right. guitars and stuff. So, you yeah. know. You, you, you had know, to change the string quick. Yeah, real quick. Stevie Ray Vaughan style. Like yeah. on stage and shit. Yes, we talked about Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, exactly. And guitar. That. So how guitar? Like how that fell in your hand, or was that was uh, that the first thing that fell in your hand? It was the first thing. You know, I I um I wasn't good in school and stuff, and you know, and it's like you know now everyone understands like attention deficit disorder and and all those kind of things. But you know, when we were younger, it was just like you you're just going in the special class. That's it. You know, my teachers say, yeah. oh, he's out to lunch. You know, yeah. he's just like, boop, 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 yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't say, that motherfucker's creative. And he's thinking all the stuff. It's just like, he's out. Yeah, out he's there. somewhere else. Yeah. So, you know, you lose a lot of self-esteem when you're young and people just, 
don't understand your kind of intelligence and you don't fit into the curriculum yeah. that is the normal educational curriculum. So you lose a lot of self-esteem when you don't fit into that. And, you know, you feel dumb. You feel like yeah. you're not, your brain doesn't work that way. Yeah. And so I remember being with my friends, my best friend, who was just really good at his school. I think he ended up being a teacher or whatever. He would do math and science and work like that. Boom, done. And I'd just be like, yeah. looking yeah. at like Chinese. I'm like, yeah, I don't even comprehend this stuff. But then there'd be a, a something on TV and I'd take a little toy piano and be like, boom, boom, boom. And like play the melody. Exactly. And be like, how, how fuck do you just do that? I'm like, can everyone just do that? Like bang, 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 bang. You know, like just like, yeah, you know, you we learn like everybody's people. different. Yeah, exactly. We, we, you know, we, the old days, everybody had to go to a standard that somebody made up on a chart. Like, okay, you yeah. got to be this tall, this way. You got to know this, this and that when it's like, no, it don't work that way. You know, it's like everybody right. absorbs different and everybody has something else to, to offer. Cause the same thing happened to me. Like with you, I was really lost in school. My music teacher, Miss Laz Lazarus, fuck her. She's probably gone anyway, but I don't wish that, but fuck her. She told me, and, and Beto's my proof from, shout out to Beto, 25 to life and all. She told us, so, cause I couldn't um, read music. I still can, it was just so hard for me. And I couldn't play the recorder. She told me once, I will never do and she goes, oh, you'll never do nothing in music because you can't read music. You'll never do nothing with it. Well, I got nine albums on two strings, bitch. So I want to get that out of the way. I, so, I, I got kicked out of music class in high school. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you know, with the fuck in this dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I you ain't going to be in it. So, OK, so I didn't get in the fucking marching band. Fuck off. Exactly. I was on the cover guitar world. Yeah, exactly. 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 And I would get people talking shit on me and they're like yeah. working at Sam Ash, you know, shout out to working at Sam Ash. But these motherfuckers yeah. want to show off. I'm like, listen, just get me something that I could play in front of 20,000 people. I don't even know the name of it, but I'm going to play in front of people, not in front of the people trying to buy this fucking thing because they yeah. give you I get attitudes because I'm not like I don't give off a musician, you know, I guess. So but I love it. I kind of, you know, you know, yeah. I love, I love I being. Mean, yeah. But that's the same. I'm coming from the same place. And, you know, that's the the language I spoke. And then the get, you know, I don't know if you're the same, but, you know, it sounds like, you know, with Roadrunner stuff, like I just got quickly into like extreme music and you get those catalogs and you just say, what the fuck is, you know, maybe the last there would always be like the last uh Video on MTV at 3 a.m. was always gnarly. It was yeah, that like, was always the heavy, yeah, the Cro-Mags, the, the Bio-Mags, Biohazard, or Morbid Angel. But yeah, the hard shit, yeah, for sure. And like, man, I don't even know. Might have even been like D-Side and stuff yep. like that, you know? And uh, so I would get into that, then get the catalog and keep buying all that crazy shit. And, uh, and, but yeah, let me ask you this, but the, but the guitar. So how how that, that's what I'm curious because obviously that's what you're known for. And I also saw that you played bass in one of the bands, but, and usually guitar guys, you know, you could kind of do that and you seem like a, a studio guy, but first guitar, how did that happen? Where did you pick it up and where did you find it? Man, I think I got like, uh, I just wanted a guitar, man. I don't know. It seems good. It seems like, you know, a good, I'm not going to be a singer. So, you know, if you want to get sick, <laughs> probably guitar second, you know, you ever see that meme and it shows like, it's a singer and it's like all these 
chicks around him, and then it's like a guitar player, and it's like two chicks. Yeah. Going down oh, there. The bass player always gets a bad rap in these memes, man. I gotta say. But the drummer had no chicks next to him, though. So that was the he had to part. lug all this shit around. That's why. Yeah. That's why they were always dicks. The they're drummers, they got dicks. They're nerdy. They're yeah. Fucking, you know. But um. But no, I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I just got like a little acoustic guitar or something uh, for a birthday, you know, something. And then it was like, okay, well, if you take it seriously, maybe we'll get you something better, whatever. And then I saved up. You know what? I got my first guitar because I took all my monies from my bar mitzvah. There you go. And That's I what said, <laughs> and you, I said, said you said uh, Mazel Tov first. I said, give me that shit. The only reason I did it. <laughs> yeah, give me that shit. Yeah. And Speaking about mitzvah, shout out to Ezek. Ezek, my boy, <laughs> fucking Jewish gangster. Yep, yep. And uh, but it yeah. wasn't, but it wasn't like, uh, so it wasn't like a specific guy you like. Oh, you are like Jimmy. I was just, oh, let me jump on. Yeah, no, I just got on it, and then you know, at that time, you see these Steve Eyes and all this stuff, and I honestly never got into that stuff. I never got into shredding guitar. Yeah. I was, I liked. You know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, we talked about. I was liking that stuff, and then I got into um, kind of like blues and then like punk and hardcore and stuff like that. And then I was like, oh, I like the extreme metal stuff, so I would like kind of fake it a little bit. I remember I'd be like, and then be like, holy shit. I'm like, I didn't literally hit no notes. Like, I'm just yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. crazy. Like, whoa. And I'd be like, I really don't know what to do. But um, an early, but then, early Dillinger. Cause it's crazy music, and now you're explaining it, so it's making sense. Like the blues influence being, yeah. So when when the early when you were putting songs early on, were you like saying obviously your style was already you know eclectic? You already had a kind of a wild style. Were you saying all right, yo, yeah, this band's gonna be some like on a metallic tip with all these influences, but it's gonna be on some NASA shit. Well, well, I mean, I think. For me, like some of the other guys in the band were super technical dudes. And okay. they were they were always just in the basement playing. And I was going out to shows and talking to people and hanging out. And I, I didn't really practice. I liked just the whole th- I liked everything. You know, the business of it, like making flyers and yeah. Creating. Kind of I'm the same way, oh, same way. Building. Building and just yeah, getting in it and stuff. And you know, like I told you, I used to go to like city gardens and stuff and watch y'all and, and bands yeah. and and um, I made bands that were just kind of more typical hardcore or metal or, you know, kind of stuff like that. Not very technical. Yeah. And we didn't, nobody cared. Yeah. You know, I wasn't part of a clique. I didn't come from an area with bands. Didn't really, you know, nobody cared, whatever. Yeah. It was still kind of clicky, the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's how it is. Yeah. Of it, you know, like the more fucking punk, you know, Political ended veggie people. They were super fucking clicky. Yeah, for you know, everything was everything was. It was definitely was the what was the flavor of of that yeah, year kind of shit. That as the cheerleaders and football players. You know, it was really no different. So I kind of gave up on it and was like, "Fuck all this." And then Dillinger was like, "I want to fucking be so intimidating and so." I want it to be violent. I want it to be polarizing. I want to piss people off. I want to do shit like the old bands did. Like you heard about Black Flag and you heard about these bands and the Bad Brains and all this stuff. 
and you heard the mythology, you heard stories and half of it probably wasn't even true. Yeah. You know, we didn't have the internet. By the time it came from California, you know, Rollins is hearing about this band Black Flag who's starting riots. It was probably like four people got in a fight. By the time it came to fucking us, it was a riot. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, 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 no, for sure, then, for sure. And then he took that band to that level because he was stepping in shoes. He wanted to, you know, as a fan, you know? And so uh, I was like, I want to make people, I don't even want the older kids to be like, what yeah, the what fuck is going on over there? You know what I mean? Like even the ones who were there back then. Yeah, I for sure. Them to feel something like they felt like, ooh, I'm not sure about this. There's something, oh, I, I'm not sure if I like this or hate this. I don't know what's going on here. And I knew that it had the music had to be completely pushed in order to get that feeling. You couldn't just go make a band that sounded like that band. You had to have the feeling of those bands. You know and, what I mean? And it's a hard thing to, to pull off live also. You guys did it. That's yeah. not, you know, record, you know, everybody could sound like a fucking machine. Sure. Live, yeah. it's hard to do. And you guys were, you know, that, and it's weird because you guys had, I, you know, it was always your own lane, which I guess there was always, you know, tech metal or whatever. I call it NASA metal. There was always like that lane. Yeah. But they would always just say, oh, Dill like Dillinger. You know what I mean? Like so. Well, we weren't like, that's the difference. Like we weren't necessarily like shredder guys. You know what I mean? We just wrote music. We couldn't play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we wrote shit that was like, couldn't play it. And our minds were so like, we just kept working on it and working on it and working on it and working on it. They say a song is never finished. It's abandoned. You know what I mean? Like we'd set a time for the studio and we'd just keep going until we had to go in. And sometimes I'd keep writing changing the song up until the day I went in the studio, I'd be like, all right, let's fuck it up more. Let's make it more crazy. Let's make it more fucking nauseating. Let's make it more obnoxious. Let's make it more obnoxious and kept doing that. And uh, also there was a bunch of bands coming out at that time that were pushing things that were starting to blend metal and hardcore, you know what I mean? And, and, and start to like make things a little more extreme or whatever. And I was like, fuck them. We got to kill those. Yeah. 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 You know yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to turn up. You know? Gotta turn everything up. Gotta turn who, everything who, up. Who, who was the lay of the land in your lane at that time? Who was like the band? Yeah, the bands like similar, like 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 it could be a typical, like you know, obviously back then you would say, okay, oh, Madball, Fury of Five, you know, this. Where was right. Dillinger? Ba 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 ba. What would be a kind of a bill that would be so, like okay? So like some of the guys in the band, like me and our singer Dimitri, were always at shows. We were always at Asbury watching Fury of Five. Yeah. You know, watching Stick Man challenge the entire crowd to a fight. <laughs> Still, someone would say "fuck you." He'd be like, "Who said that?" Yeah, I'll yeah, fight not, I know. I'll fight every single person. I can't wait to hug him. Shout out to Stick Man. I got a hug waiting for that. Big fun, man. Those di- those days, like I loved being in that. You know, yeah. I was always in New Brunswick. Yeah, you know, at the Melody Bar, I was always in. Red Bank at all the food halls and Prince. Jersey Nardo. had music, always had music. Fucking um, uh, Middlesex County College shows. I was at all that all the time. When, when you guys put out early your first thing with who you got signed with? For, what was your first um, uh, um release with? So, who was so our it with? friend? Our friend Matt, who he started a record label. He was doing shows in Jersey. He was from Red Bank. He started a record label and, and we were the first thing he put out, but we didn't even have a name or nothing at the time. Mm. So we were going to play his show and he said, we need a name for it. And I said, we don't have a name. He's like, you need a name. We're like, just 
I don't know. We're just gonna play. We don't. We were just bitter at this point. We gave up. Kind of. <laughs> and then um, we were watching a Dillinger uh, documentary on John Dillinger, the gangster. Yeah. And it was just like you know something about how he always had these escapes from jail. Like he would like make a gun out of a soap and shoe polish and fucking yeah. get out of jail yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. Then we just had Dillinger escape plan. And he's like, that's fucking, you can't remember it. It's too long. Look, yeah. It doesn't go off your tongue. It doesn't, Great. It's not catchy. At that time, all these bands are a lot like one name bands. You yeah. Know what I mean? And, uh, and I was like, good. <laughs> still on the, I still on, I'm set. I'm, I'm st still on track of pissing people off. We, and, we did everything to make people not like us as, as possible. And that's great because that also, um, that's happened to a couple of like classic OG bands where I think who was it? I don't know. I forgot which band it was, but same thing. One of these OG bands, they had a show and they were like, um, yo, we need a name. Yo, they were, were they already got us built and they made up a name and ended up being their name, which. Yep. Again, like what you say, sometimes you just got to like, I never heard that um, expression you said, and, and it's great. The one where a song is never finished is abandoned because yeah, yeah. that's how I am. I'm walking, I'm I'm putting shit on it until like, I can touch it. Yeah, that's you know? how we are. That's our brain. You know what I mean? And, uh, but like, I, I, you know, there was bands like, there was bands with the attitudes, there was bands with the edge, and then there was bands who were, obviously coming from more musical backgrounds or listening to other music and bringing it into our scene. Yeah. And so there was bands like that band dead guy. There was bands like coalesce. Okay. And botch and stuff gotcha. like that. Who are starting to bring more metal, a little more yeah. te technical metal stuff into the hardcore punk scene. And, uh, they were probably metal heads, but like, like me, the, the metal scene was tough. Because you had to pay to play. Yes. You know what I mean? You yeah. Had to, you had to sell tickets to your parents and your cousins, all this shit, this place Obsession. You know Obsession? I know Obsession, of course. I remember I played there. I remember all those spots. So Obsession was my closest place, and we would always have to, you know, try and sell tickets and this. And then I was like, wait, the punk hardcore scene, you just go to a VFW hall and you just play. Make a, that, that's what I always say. This is, look, I'm a metal guy. I love metal. I always did, but this is the problem that I had, and, and this is my whole concept, and it's exactly what you say. In, in, in hardcore punk, you have from kindergarten till you graduate. In metal, you have kindergarten and graduating, and the only way you go from yeah. that is, is battle the bands, or you got to pay, or hope you get signed to play with the major touring act. Right. In hardcore, you got the garage, then you'd play the, the backyard, and then you play, wow, we got a bar gig that, oh, we're gonna play the club. You know, you have your grades. Yeah. That's why the metal guys would, they're like, yo, we got no in between. We could jump on a hardcore show because hardcore dudes were like, they were metal guys also. Like yeah. all the early bands were metal guys yeah. that found Obviously. hardcore, and we now we got a place we could play every week. Absolutely. And I knew it, I saw it in all, all the bands. You For know sure. what I mean? You see it in the Cro-Mags. For see sure, it. all of them. You know? All of them. Not. I tell people, not everybody was Freddie born in a, in the Lower East Side. Like, people think, like, they were born, he was born, like, he's one of the rare things playing at eight years old, but, you know. I mean, someone you see as a little boy. Yeah. It, like, it, 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 you know, stage diving and shit, he's, like, fucking little. You yeah. know, but that, most of us didn't have an older brother, sister who knew all the good shit. Exactly. Like, 
you know, we 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 listened to what we had access to. A lot of it was MTV, like exactly. And then the catalog. Then we'd see, oh, that dude in obituaries wearing a fucking shirt that says Napalm Death on it. What's that? Yep. Let me go check that out. Yep. That was like your uh, the when you look at the band picture, you see what shirt they wore. Oh. That was your playlist. Absolutely. That was, that was the equivalent of like an influencer. Like oh. this is what you should like. Listen, you know the Misfits, Oh Metallica. Almost everything because they were forgotten about. I love the Misfits, but nobody cared. I had Walk Among Us. Thank God. Rest in peace with my brother. I had all that shit from then. And you know what? My brother, my brother, rest in peace is why I got into this. My brother grew up with all alleyway crew. You know, Mm -hmm. sick of it all. Straight ahead. All the OGs. Well, guess what? They were all metalheads. All of them. But, But this is what it is. That it was metal guys that wanted more than what metal was offering. They found yeah. the punk scene. Go, yo, you know, everybody. We find, we find it. We either find it and and we live in it, or we skip over it. Yeah. Those guys are the hardcore scene. But it, con- yeah. I always tell people, I go, you know, metal's the is the, the the uncle. Without that uncle, this shit is just some other. It's just Liberty Spikes. Yeah, that's no, cool too. But I wasn't into that part. I never even thought about that. But like people think of hardcore coming more from punk. But truthfully, I think it's more metal dudes finding punk as a way to get in. Yeah. The hardcore, we, I think the hardcore that we are familiar, because we come from, our metal was thrash. Then we knew punk and hardcore. I think we understand that because we came in that zone where exactly what you're saying, it just makes sense to us in that, in that way. And, um, it's crazy how it how it all works, but I'm like, that was my whole thing. My whole thing was metal was technical, but the attitude, the nothing be the hardcore punk attitude, you yeah. know, like that the, the rawness. And then you see James Hetfield rocking a discharge shirt. You're like, oh, they know it's a GBH. Okay, exploited. Right. I mean, yeah. come on, AF boots. I see. I know. Yeah. I was lucky to see that early because of my brother. But I, I saw early on, like, I was like, yo, I love Slayer, but yo, what's up with that makeup? I used to say that when I was, I was a B-boy. I was 10 years old, like a hip-hop kid, but I was like, I love that shit. But yo, man, why they got that makeup on? You know, it's funny, though, because it was almost, that's really, you know, in Jersey especially, we came up, it was hair metal. Yeah. You know? I mean, I remember when Zach Weil was just like, he looked like the hottest chick you ever fucking seen. He was hot blonde chick, you know? Yo, shout like, out to Pantera. I know, I know. He was the pretty boy, and he was the guy that shredded so much. The And I was a little kid, but I was like, I heard that's the guy who's going to make it. Yeah. That dude is going to make it. He was from Jersey. They're like, that's the dude that's going to make it. And then he got an Aussie, and everyone was like, holy shit, he's an Aussie. That's it. You know what I mean? But it was like, and he was very, you know, glam yeah, yeah. and shit like that. But like, uh, it was like all of a sudden it was like, okay, there's a line in the sand. Like there's the poisons and the Motley Crews and this and that. And then like the Metallicas and the Slayers that had to make a choice. Are you going to fucking draw the line and be like, no, we ain't that. Yep. Or are you going to be that and try exactly. to get that fucking hit ballad or whatever? You got to make the choice. Metallica somehow figured they, they, they fucking cr- right time, right place. It was like. They made the line thick. That's what they I say. The they line. didn't balance. They made it thick because they yeah. found such a comfort zone where exactly the OGs, you know, they were able yeah. to go in and they're fucking MTV. But 
Insane, insane how that shit happened. And fucking- imagine if that, imagine if MTV whole thing fell apart a year before the Black Album. Oof. Yeah, they, and, may the- any, they may never, they may never been enough, nothing more than they were. I look, I still remember, you know. I remember when Madball, and this is, you know, I don't want to be, oh, the old guy back in the day, but we would get fan mail, handwritten mail. Roadrunner would be like, yo, come pick up your mail. <laughs> like, I mean, the ones that, you know, I don't even think I could write anymore. I think I forgot how to write, like, literally. <laughs> like, yeah, I still find letters from kids to Dillinger in my parents' address. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. You know, like, I find flyers, man. I'm looking at flyers. You know, and it's got like the dude's fucking fucking home phone number on it. For more information, seven three two four four eight zero three six, and it'll say not after ten o'clock. Yeah, because mom dukes it. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that shit. On my old demo, my demise demo, I posted it. I had my old address because I was the yeah. guy, and I was like, "Yo, what am I doing?" Now I think about it, I'm like, <laughs> and um, and um, what was the First uh, time out of the country, was it on your own tour or did you go with somebody like open? No. So, first time uh, was in 1999. I was gonna say 98, probably because 1999, 2000. It was a Dillinger headline, uh, with this band Botch who just recently did a reunion. Yeah, I just seen that somewhere. And then a bunch of a couple of European bands, you know. So it's one of those four or five bands on one bus. Yeah. You know, all the playing all squats, whatever, yeah. all the dumps, you know. Yeah, you but, caught that. That's what I was asking for sure. Yeah, all that. the dumps and all the squats and all the shit and you know, lots of vegan pasta and whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? Punk rock and, stuff. Um, yeah, and you know, the, my bunk was dripping on me. Yeah, Johnny's water torture. Uh, But that was some shit. That was crazy fun, man. I mean, it it was a dream that you could go there that someone would know. And we had just signed a relapse records, and um, they were mainly metal and grindcore. And they put out Meshuggah in the U.S. They were uh, distributing Meshuggah in North America, so that was kind of like why we fit in there a little bit. But we were more hardcore than that. They were more metal. We were a little more punk, and. we didn't fit in anywhere right away because, you know, like re- the metal kids in Europe who listen to relapse stuff, they just like everything on relapse. It was brutal truth and yeah. a lot of the crusty grind metal stuff, you know, Nile, that band was signed. Yeah. And, uh, you guys took baths, basically. Yeah, we we <laughs> well, we signed on that. And uh, it was kind of like a lot of the hardcore bands were like, whoa, they signed to a real label. Yeah, like, yeah. like you guys, like a metal, label. yeah, like yeah. A real. This ain't you know, and um, but when we went to Europe, it was still before the euro, it was still, yeah, I got that. Yep, yep, remember yep. when you have just pockets of change, you're like, I'm a different, uh, horrible. You lost, we lost hundreds of thank god, no real money was actually made, I think, hopefully, because exactly, I would come back with we call them bling blongs. Yeah. You don't even know what the fuck it is, yeah, I'd be all the flick flacks and ding dong, and only know. Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, there was like one bank by Milkweg that would change the the, the, oh, the foreign exchange. That was the only place. Yeah. And, and you could in and at the airport and shit, they wouldn't take change sometimes. Oh, but like you, I, I'd be like, dude, I, I just lost 
I think I just lost 75 bucks in the couch. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> Hell yeah. But, horrible. Yeah. But uh, but but also there wasn't really YouTube going yet and stuff like that. So every and you remember this, every country had a completely different culture. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. you know, like when you went to you like London, it was similar to America. Like you look out in the crowd, they look kind of like us. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But then you went to Holland, it was just so we were it, because the people knew us from the label we were on. It was like metalhead we didn't look like metalheads we had short hair yeah yeah, yeah dressed in you know some baseball jersey or some shit you know or some hardcore shirt some shit like red shirt you know what i mean or yeah. like yeah against, against the metal the 101 metal rule book yeah i know you yeah were. shaved head or just a caesar or some shit and we'd show up to play and the, these long hair metal dudes would be like fuck is this yeah this ain't the relapse band what the fuck is this and we would just have to go nuts and 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 just win them, you know. We yeah. would just show them we, we're serious, you know. And then, but I remember having to turn people because they didn't like how we looked. Yeah, you know, they didn't feel like we looked the part. And at that point, you never saw a Slayer shirt at a hardcore show. You never saw a Black Flag or Misfits shirt at a metal show. Yeah, it just didn't happen. Now yep. it's like whatever. You see long hair, short hair, whatever, sure. whatever, you know. Sure. And so we. And then you'd go to Holland and everyone would just be standing there like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're all high as fuck, dude. Yeah, you definitely had to work back then. You don't it, even know if they like yeah, you, you or not. And you yeah, just it, it, it was, class, yeah, you, know? you, you had to work hard for sure. Yeah. You know, and especially at that time, because I know what you mean, because everything was still so new. But what was good about that time is once you get them, it, when you had to win them that hard, <laughs> yeah. you got them. You got them. You know, they're with you right now. Those same guys that hate out, that were standing like this, they're still following you, you know? Yeah, and that's the best thing about, you know, like Madball especially. Like, I remember being like, man, it's so cool. Like, I would watch you guys on festivals all the time because I'm like, these are my, from my, my place, you know? Yeah. And I would watch and be like, these guys could play in Europe for the rest of their fucking lives. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, it's great. Yeah, you know, we're lucky. We, we're lucky that we're all lucky for Europe. And Europe is a definitely, they follow the podcast heavy. And oh, again, cool. because they follow heavy music, you know, I always, we all know it. You know it very well from being out there so much that um, as as much as we love America and we do, they're uh, finickiest motherfuckers on the planet. And Europe, they love the taste of goulash and stew and they'll stick with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, They're not yeah, worried about oh, yeah. it's poke now. And then that next week is, uh, uh, you know, Memphis fried chicken. And now it's yeah, pizza. Yeah. Like, and, and, yeah. and I love that about, you know, America keeps you sharp, but I think um, Europe keeps you humble and mm -hmm. also helps us gas us up. We could use that big up of playing bigger shows and being um respected for what we do could also yeah. help us to keep doing what we're doing because you know that like uh, you know not all of us do it because we need people trying to rip our clothes off but it feels good when people acknowledge something yeah. we work hard on you know right. they, you're like okay maybe i did do something okay yeah yeah exactly wow yeah you know what i busted my ass on that record wow you noticed it for a while you somebody you know talks about a riff or something that you're like yeah, yeah. i actually worked on that and baba you know I love those moments because I'm like, word, you know, that's cool. You caught that, you know, it's yeah. a, 
you know, and I, I'm like, and, and, and that's good to be able to have that. And Europe is big with that, you know, yeah. like, you know, and, um, Florida, man. They, and, they, me, they, and what was the, you're doing Dillinger where, and where does that, um, weed off? Cause I, I don't, you know, it's never, I don't think it's officially never been a, like you stopped, you just kind of yeah, started just, doing other so, stuff and leaving it open. So, right. So, so, um, we were doing it forever, man. And you know, the cycle becomes yeah. you do an album, you know, whoever's writing the album is usually like me and then whatever drummer I had in the band working on wrist and stuff, then send it to the singer, whatever. And then, you know, then it's like set up the album, blah, 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 do some interviews, then go on tour, then tour your ass off and get exhausted be like, fuck, I hate touring. I just want to write music, you know? Then you're yeah, fucking cool. going now. You're writing music. You're like, I can't wait to tour, you know? <laughs> and and uh, <clears throat> this cycle, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, Jesus, it's been 20 years. Yeah. 20 years, in, and you feel the same. You don't grow. You don't – nothing. You feel like the same exact person, and everything around you is changing. You come home two months later, and you think it's like the day after you left, and now there's – someone got married – a baby popped out. There's a store that wasn't there before. How, where the fuck did that come from? You know, like yeah. it's just life keeps changing. And and I just realized I was like, man, I just want more. Yeah. You know, I, I want more. This business sucks. You know, people don't give a shit. They care about what you can do for them. That's it. You know, I, everyone. I, in the I almost think it's a in our 40s thing because I can relate a thousand percent. Yeah. You know, you know, you could either be one of those people that you just deal with whatever you got and be miserable or like that. People that, that like to create, we're always in search of that next thing because we got to keep making, yeah. and, you know, and, and, and that's why we stay on. You, you know, you could kind of tell from people's hustle on what they're doing, you know, if it ain't what you know, staying busy. You know, yeah. I'm, a la- I'm the I'm the busiest lazy guy you'll ever meet. You know <laughs> I what I mean? Too. I yeah. Like, like, exactly. like, believe me, I, I'm like not a guy this and that Mr. Motivation or that, but. Nah, fuck that. Like, when I do something, I want to see that. Sh- I got to do 2.0 and, or I don't do it. Uh-huh. You know, it's just not an option. Or, yeah. you know, I could save that wasted time for my my children. Right. If I'm going to take away from my children, I got to make that every minute. I got to squeeze that minute into an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got it. So, also, I could, I, I'd rather, you know, throw spitballs with my son. I have yeah. more memories with that, but... My I, my son doesn't have his college fund just yet, so right. until then I do this. But you know, and yeah. this is what I'm glad. You know, I I stay around the music and I love the music, yeah. and and all this stuff. And and I know like with you, being a guy like it could show it shows. You know, the bands um faded off, and I know you had your other band and you were creating, but you also have a a, a big, uh, you had a big stint with filling in with a lot of people, right? You were jumping in I as a you know, like. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I kind of like decided I wanted to be done with the Dillinger thing, and and I started the band, so you know I was the consistent member. Yeah, I was the only original member by the end, actually. But you know, and uh, I mean, there was guys who were in a very long time, but like, yeah. And so uh, I was kind of like, man, I think that in our singer went another direction. He moved to Hollywood and started getting more into that whole thing. And I'm just very, like, same person. I'm consistent. You know, Ben is Ben. People know me, you know, like, 
I don't know. You know Tavi, right? Yeah, of course. My brother, you know, of course. Yeah, he's, he's like, for you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Same Tavi. people. That's my brother. Love yeah, him. And he's like, always like... Like, we're the same. Yeah. It's like, we are... who we. It's the same dude. Yeah. Same dude. That's Ben. That's Tavi. Like, we're like that, you know? Doesn't matter how many years you didn't talk. You get back together. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. And um, so we kind of go into different directions, you know, as far as like priorities and things like that. And I was like, man, I just don't know if the values of the band are going to stay the same. Cause that was what's important to me. Like how it started, you know, and doing it for the right reasons, all that stuff. And I just said, I think it's done, man. I, I just want, I think it's done. I want to do other stuff. And I know that this band takes so much of my time. And so much out of me that I got to close that door to make other doors open. I have to. And I'm young enough to still do stuff. I'm old enough to say I've done everything I want to do with this. And uh, and that was it. Put out a last album. And then threw up on, you know, we're playing our last show in New York City or whatever. And then we played at Terminal 5 that sold out in like one second. I'm like, man, something's broken with that thing, man. I told him, right. hey, it broke. Nobody can buy tickets. Like, people yeah. can't buy tickets. He's like, no, oh, let's yeah. go out. So we're like, oh, let's yeah. throw another one up. Let's throw another one up. And like, you know, we sold like 10,000 tickets. And it, like, we were bigger than ever when we broke up. We, we were as on point, successful reviews. Everything was, it was as high as we'd ever been. And we ended it. And everyone's like, that's dope. Who yeah. does that? Who does that? And you were like, I meant so, to do that. You're like, fuck. Fuck! No, I know, I know, and that's dope. That you know, when it happens like that, it's crazy. Everything you're saying because it, yeah, you know, I I can relate to a a lot of what you you're saying. Yeah, I know. We talked about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, and and it's crazy because you know, exactly. Just is you know, everybody's different. You know, some people are constantly in search of that thing, and because because I had seen and I remember. With you throughout the years following, oh, he's playing with this, and then I, I even had heard that you you were managing people, right? Because um, yeah, we man. have similar, uh, you know, Eric. Shout out to Eric when I know you were training and stuff, but yeah. he was telling me like you were managing, uh, uh, you had some people or stuff, and I was like, yo, he's all over the place, you know, playing management. I was all like, so when I had kids, I had kids, you know, <laughs> yeah, they got to eat. Kids, I, I had a daughter, and I adopted my son. Dope. And uh, yeah, man, it was just different kind of priorities. You know? Yeah, and then um, you gotta eat. And this yeah, is yeah, for sure. And then, but the like, you still doing the man? Yeah, you doing the management stuff still? I've actually stopped. I've stopped doing that, and I'm 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 straying away from that kind of stuff because gotcha. it's just too draining. It takes up too much of your time, yeah. and it's just it's like this thankless fucking job. You know what I mean? And and like it, it's like. You're working with an artist and they want to know every day, what did you do for me today? What did you do for me today? What you and sometimes like, dude, let's talk Friday. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, about yeah, what yeah, I yeah, did yeah. five minutes ago. It's like let's let's catch up on Friday. Is that and and I was, you know, it was affecting my marriage. You know, I had you know, I was working with a, a female who's like Grammy Award winning pop singer and all this stuff. She's calling me at three in the morning. My Demanding. wife's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know what I'm like? I don't give a yeah. fuck how many records she's like, yeah, yeah, nah. I, I know I'm, you mean demanding. It's definitely I'm the baby. You know, I can't, you know, and it's just. The babysitting part. Yeah. And then I realized I was getting opportunities. I was losing personal opportunities 
because I was so adamant about making it work for other people. And I realized, fuck, man, my value is, is me. I can't control them, but I can control myself. You know, I'm getting asked to do some kind of song for a movie or something. And I'm like, well, what about them? Do it for them. Cause I just want to show I'm working for them. Yeah. I'm like, no, fuck, fuck them. You know, like, you know, like, like I need to do, I can control myself. You know, I'm pizza. I know yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know, here's the fucking dough. Here's the shit. Here's take me a dollar. Yeah. I know what I made the end, yeah. you know? And so uh, I realized, and, and so I just stopped doing all that stuff. And I started getting into more movie scoring and things like that. That's and, uh, dope. That was always a thing I loved. Like, we're going to talk. I'll pick your brain another time about that shit. Because I was always, um, not so much that I want to get into it. Because I'm a music. I love music. And I always, not so much like, oh, I want to get into scoring movies. But I, you know, I'm always putting videos together. And I wanted to know. And I would write music. When I write Madball music, yeah. I basically would, I would put like, 300, the fight scene. And yeah. I would play these riffs and then I would play it to the movie and say, if it fits like the soundtrack, it works. That's so, great, so yeah. you know, I would do that. Oh, I did many movies. I wrote the top, but I, so, and I'm like, oh, shit looks hard and the music sounds, oh yeah, it works. It works with this scene and the fights. It, and the exactly. And I always wanted to, I'll pick your brain another time. Like, yeah, yeah. kind of ideas on how you look out how you lay out a scene and you say, okay, how, where do I start? Or multiple scenes, yeah. you know, ideas of that. But um, how, how, real quick on that, on that yeah. scoring stuff, um, what kind of stuff you've done on that? You said you've done some, you got to do yeah, some Yeah, man, so stuff, I was right? lucky enough that during the pandemic, I did like three movies and that was rare, you know, because people weren't working, you know? And um, so there was the, some of these directors and stuff, they started working in Jersey because there's a bunch of tax benefits. So the governor of New Jersey started doing tax incentives for people to film in New Jersey. Upstate New York had it. Canada had it. And all of a sudden the governor's like, no, we want you to come here. They give all these tax incentives. And so these, this, you know, this production company started making movies in Jersey. My friend was like, yo, like you should work with my buddy. And the first thing I did, they're like, can you do it for 30,000 bucks? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go. And, yeah. and, it, and I, it was pretty nuts because, I mean, I scored an entire movie of complex music for fucking 3,000 bucks. People say, oh, man, you make money, all this shit. What about what you did? I mean, like. It's a lot of work. I could have put a song on my Patreon and made 3,000. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, like, no, no, for sure. For the fucking movie. I'm talking about orchestra. I'm talking about strings and shit like that. I did a whole fucking thing because I was like, I know I got to learn this. And kill it, yeah. I know I need deadlines, and I know I got to kill it. And I think what made me valuable was that I just said, whatever you got, I'll make it work. And I handed in a score front to back, finished, mixed, mastered, you know, every the whole thing done. Here, wow. boom. And it, you know, and no editor, no, oh, you know, right, yeah. or no, this shit. So then it was like, all right, well, this this is kind of this is amazing. So then I got a couple more for that same thing. And I said, I need more money Shut like that. And like, but I've always been like, let's, I will make work what you got, you know, I'll make it work. And, uh, I just love it so much. I enjoy it so much, you know? Um, and, um, That's cool. but I was recently trying to, you know, the last project I was doing was a documentary on the guy and he died. It was, uh, he was a heroin addict who went to like San Quentin and all this stuff. And, 
And then he got sober and wrote a book and all this stuff. And then I was working on the music for his documentary. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was one of those things where he was probably using. Gotcha. Yeah. And was taking the ketamine and all that shit on top of it and all this stuff. And then boom, he's just gone. So that whole thing went on pause, you know, but, um, but that would have been different. I never did like a documentary or something. Yeah, the more and you, and you like it. Like if you could, that be your lane. You know, scoring movies. Besides, obviously, yeah. it could be a good, the right movie. You could. What's, yeah. what's Hans Zimmer? Right? Ain't he the man? Oh, right? That's yeah, the man, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's the man. But yeah, I mean, I did movies. The movies I did, they weren't like fucking Oscar winners, but they had big actors in them. I did uh, Tyrese. I had a movie with Tyrese. I did a movie with. Um, Antonio Banderas. Hell yeah! Listen, you know how it goes like with records. Not every record's a platinum. There's a there's a billion records that aren't, and those are the records that people are listening to and that people are watching. You know, I tell yeah. people, I go, you only see the top layer. There's bricks. They just see the antenna on top. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm saying I've scored. I scored the movies that your dad watches on Netflix at fucking 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. That's you know, dope. when they can't sleep and it's some bad action movie, but they're like, this is <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, I yeah. love that shit. I lo- always love that shit, and we're going to definitely talk soon about that shit. And then, again, how <clears throat> we were able to connect, how I we, we connected in Las Vegas at Punk Rock Bowling was, I know you've been playing now for a while now, was Suicidal. Yeah. How did that come into the mix? Because Suicidal... That's family, the boys, and one, you got to be a killer to play with Suicidal, and also, I always wondered the merry-go-round of death that Suicidal got, like, I don't know where they come from, they come and go, some of these guys are funk guys, you see your Lombardo one day, you see freaking, you know, uh, uh, this dude, uh, what's his name, um, Thundercat, Thundercat, yeah, I forgot to just shout out to Thundercat, you know, I was with him on one of those runs. What yeah. happens? How you get the call? Or do you know them? How did that happen? Well, man, you know, I think that um, one thing I talk about with Mike a lot is I relate to suicidal a lot. I see a lot of similarities with Dillinger Escape Plan in the way that like, you know, like I ran that band. Mike runs suicidal. And it's like we do so much on our own to squeeze the dollar and make every make it work for everybody. And, you know, not everyone understands those logistics. And I understand it. So me and Mike, we bond a lot because he's like, I know Ben gets what's happening right now. And a lot of those guys who join the band, they just want to get paid all more and this and that, whatever. And they don't realize like the logistics of it. And I know, I, I, I know I'm like, we're doing this show and Mike's probably losing money because it's a good opportunity. He wants us to work. And I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. most people don't understand the dynamic, gotcha. you know, and I understand everything. So like, um, you know, we get along very well in that way. We are also, we're a band that people assumed we were like obnoxious because of our music or pretentious, you know what I mean? Or like, because it was very violent. And, and stuff. maybe because like, that's the attitude you wanted to present when you started. Yeah, I never really <laughs> yeah. Like people were scared to talk to us. Yeah. Bands no, you know, you know what it is. You guys, not, not even that out. Obviously it wasn't a scared thing, but you guys, even to us, I always saw you guys as eccentric. Like, oh, there's some, you know, right. like they're not connected to nobody. Yeah, they're connected to hardcore and met, but they're not connected. You know, you're even to the metal guys. Like, nah, they're they're their own. Like, I called it yeah. like NASA metal, and and that was just because it was like real slick. But again, I know when you guys came out, yeah. it was different. Being well, Jersey like, dudes. Yes, but people assumed like 
you know, like, like, like the bands got in our lane, assumed that we just thought they were stupid little kids or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys got it. When new, yeah, new, sure. our, new York hardcore bands would be like scared to talk. Well, for sure. Big time. You know, they're like legendary shit, you know? Yeah. And I, even I felt that way. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And, sure. and like, you know, and people had that shit. With, and I find out now because when I get friends with them, some other things, they're like, man, you're nice, dude. I'm like, yeah, well, fucking tell me. They're like, I'm not the dude <laughs> on stage, fucking blood and bleeding and fucking throwing my guitar at people. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and um, and I remember when I remember seeing suicide. I grew up on suicidal. It got me into really guitar music, yeah. probably because I was skateboarding and listening to new wave and shit and. Yep all the new wave stuff. I was very little and I was like, skaters listen to either like the thrash shit or they listen to the cure and shit like that. You know what I mean? It was like two different lanes of, and I remember going to the half pipe and hearing the older kids playing suicidal. And I was like, what's that? And then I got the tape and I see, I'm like, what is this? A gang? This motherfuckers. (laughs) Yeah. Playing metal. And then I'm like, this black guy shredding these fucking things. And then there's a bass player look like a Navajo Indian. I don't know what the fuck, long hair. <laughs> I was fascinating. You know what I mean? It was like, what is this? And I remember wearing that tape out to a warble, you know? Yeah. Like, warble. And, and, and then, um, so it's funny that full circle, now I'm in that band. Yeah. Because that band's responsible a lot for me even playing guitar, you know? But, um, what happened? I, I remember seeing Suicidal on a festival and seeing Mike at a catering, mm. and I wanted to go talk to him. And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, this guy looks like he's gonna eat me." Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Big fucking nuts. You know, I'm not fucking talking to him. You I know love I mean? Mike. Shout out to Big. I ain't scared yeah. of him. Either. I'm a, I'm ready to hug his yeah. ass too. Oh, I love him. <laughs> yeah, I, love him. I know, I but I know. Him. Yeah, he's an OG. It's the OG so, right there. Family, but when you have that mythology. Like you guys have that mythology. Dylan had this mythology. Like, what it fuck is? What do these guys must be like? Yeah. From the stories, you know, like same with and suicidal was the original OG. Fucking for sure. They're the OG gangsters, man. Yeah, you didn't sure. know what yeah, the fuck sure. was going through their heads, where they're coming from. They were in their own lane. Definitely. Completely in their own lane. And so, what? W- one day, um, actually, Mike Patton. Who uh, I did an album with Mike Patton. Oh, oh shit! I and we did a, an album with yeah. So well, which did, which project? Well, it was actually Dillinger. We were going through a member change, so our we were going, we were st- looking for a new singer at the time. This is in two thousand. I didn't know that that he had... or something. And I had Dillinger went on tour with Mr. Bungle. It was like oh. our first real tour, honestly. In nineteen ninety nine, it was our first real tour. We went open for Mr. Bungle. It was rough, but it was it was <laughs> learning experience. And then, um, you know, I became friends with him, and it was clear that we were kind of on the same wavelength, you know. Yeah. And then we had talked about doing something, and then we had four Dillinger songs demoed out, and we still didn't have a singer yet. So I sent them to him. I'm like, "You want to do this?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's do this." You know, like. And it wasn't like we were trying to make him our singer because we knew we were a full-time band. We knew he had like multiple bands and stuff like that, you know, but we figured this could be a cool little thing. So we did an album, an EP, it was Dillinger Escape Plan with Mike Patton. And so, you know, I became very close with him in the process of that album, you know, working on that album with him. And and um, we stayed friends throughout the years. And uh, he texted me, he's like, yo, is it cool if I give Mike Muir your phone number? I'm like, 
Yeah. <laughs> be like, nah, I'm busy right now. I'm yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> because you know, a lot of people heard I'm done playing. He don't want to be in bands. I did a stick in, you know, the Prodigy. Yeah, I, I saw that you were doing with them too. Yeah. And like that was as big as it gets, you know. But I, it just wasn't, didn't work for me, yeah. you know. And so, um, people, a lot of people didn't ask me to join bands, you know, because like he's just dad dude now, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And then, uh, and then, so, but Patton's like, you know, maybe I don't know. Can I give him your number? I said, hell yeah. Fucking five minutes later, Mike Muir calls me. Starts talking to me about the band and that the guy's leaving kind of out of nowhere. The dude's leaving the band and they're kind of in a bad spot and. And I said to him, I was like, man, you know, one of my favorite bands ever, without a doubt, Suicidal. But I kind of stopped the touring thing, man. I got a baby and yeah. I'm kind of trying not to do that anymore. I could do little bits. I could do a couple days, you know, but I can't. I'm not doing a month's, month's yeah. thing anymore. And he's like, well, let's try it. So then we did um, the whole first album at House of Vans. And I remember Mitz was out there. Yes, and he jumped on. I he jumped on because I had to learn a whole set because we were going to Canada to do a little run. So I had to learn the whole normal set. And then I was like, oh, I got to learn a whole first album now too. And I'm only going to play it one time. And then, so I learned a bunch of songs and then, you know, I played a bunch of them. And then, uh, and then we just hit the road. I met them for the first time at that show. Wow. We didn't rehearse yeah. nothing. Crazy. Yeah, no, that's great. And they're all killers like, that's the perfect band to be able to do that with because yeah. one dean is you already know that's my man the flavor flavor unit right there and no matter who they got mike knows i got a couple killers you know what i mean yeah but 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 it was good seeing you know i got i'm lucky that i got to see it and we got to be really close with suicidal and i got to see oh, a couple you yes i you know that's you know I, I i look specifically for mike to terrorize him you know we bug i always look for where is he where is he and yeah. dean it's just you know that's fam but i love that i got to also see them go through a couple different phases and see yo i got to see like pick my favorite and yo this was better than that yo this guy was too much this guy wasn't that yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad where they're at where, now with the band. Like I said, I really mean this. The last time I felt this way was when they had Lombardo and Ra, because more the yeah. style of playing I love. Yes. All the other guys, yo, Thundercat, of course, dope. Homeboy right. on drums, they were great, but they, they, they're better to be played for them. They need to be the star of that show. Yes. Yes. You know, you know, like yeah. to be like a cohesive, like yes. yo you know the kid i mean the difference between like you know like raw me and raw and even you know even ty trujillo because he came from that blood he's known that band from day one the difference between us and some of those other guys including the younger cats who played guitar in the band and stuff like, they don't necessarily get they want to be in a band yes they don't know the difference Suicidal is in our blood. Yeah. No, you could tell. And you know right. what I love? So th as far as, obviously, Suicidal always tapped in with the funk. And we all mm -hmm. know that. So yeah. obviously, Rob was like the perfect as much. Because I was never super funk, funk guy. But right. Rob was perfect. Yeah. The kid, the kid now, Ty, that is how I think it should be played. Where he's yeah. meat. Like, he, yeah. he could kill all that. But he's... Yeah. 
you know, you you're going for the riffs. You're playing that that that. I'm all about the pulse and about. I yes. want everybody on that same wave at the same uh-huh. time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of shit. Like I don't need to be like, oh, I'm doing. I'm hanging ten on the surfboard. No, I said, look at the wave. That's what I like right, seeing. Right, you know? right, right. I and like, that, like yeah. yeah, just me, just heavy and and uh-huh. and, and raw was great. Like, again, I got to see that, and I even said, man, I, and I would, I would say, I would be like, ah, I would, you know. I would give my unwanted opinion, you yeah. know, even if they didn't care. But I, I, I love it because I'm like, I was waiting to see this lineup live because I like comparing. I got to see a couple different, you know. Yeah, yeah I know you did. All variations those. and shit. Sure, so, yeah. And it's great. And I'm glad. And again, man, what better dudes to be with? You know, everybody you got now on deck, you know, you got the, the young bucks on, you know, on the rhythm section. Shout out mm-hmm. to all that, you know. You Hell got yeah. a good squad right now. And um, what, good what's... People, you know? Yeah, what's the deal with um, ever writing with them or anything? Oh, man, you know, especially like when I joined the band, it, it was Rod and Lombardo, you know? And it was like, yeah. and I had to fire for suicidal. Like, again, those dudes who played before me, all of them, especially those young dudes, they shred. They're like fucking dudes. Yeah. They, yeah. Like, yeah, they're way better guitar players than me, you know? But there's a difference between just being like, I want to be in a band and I'm in this band because it's suicidal. You know what I mean? Exactly. You could tell. And so, you know, I wouldn't just join a band. I like being home, you know? Um, and so when I joined the band and I was such a massive fan of suicidal for so long and, uh, and then raw was a massive fan. Of this. You know, the story of how raw got in the band. I know raw was like a fan. He used to go like, he, see he the Punisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I knew he was, and then, at the airport, Punisher. Like, oh fuck, here he is, dude. Yep. Go that way, you know. Fuck, you know he was suicidal fanatic. Yep. You know, and then he just was ready. Motherfucker yeah. was ready. Boom, he was ready. He jumped in. He could. They needed a bass player. He was fucking ready. He knew every little twinkle. Yes. And that shit, yeah. You know, and um, no better person. You know, like, and so he joined that band. Then Lombardo had thrash. Mm element that they were missing with all the like the gospel chops guys yes you know those gospel chop guys again they're fucking animals you know yeah. thomas pridgen i i was in a band with thomas pridgen i did that band draft tongue orchestra with thomas pridgen and um you know william from allison chain sang in it and oh. i gotta check Matt. that out i saw it but i didn't hear it but I was i'll send it i'll send you a link for but, sure um, i want to check it out you know, and Thomas Pridgen's like an octopus. He's like fucking billion hands, you know? These guys are unbelievable. But it was nice. I was like, man, now they got a thrash drummer. Yeah. And not only a thrash drummer, but like he's got that Latin pocket. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Lombardo has that Cuban pocket. Yeah. Even in thrash. Yes. And yes. I see it. I know it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, like, I mean, uh, Feeling that every time he played that fast, you still feel that Latin pocket. That's the difference between a suicidal yeah. and a metal band, you know, yeah, and sure. stuff like that. And so um, I was like, we should be making a fucking album right now. This is fire. We are fire. Yeah, right yeah. Now. You know, but and Mike was kind of like, ah, but albums don't sell anymore. Who cares about albums? And oh. you know, he's just kind of like, whatever. And I was like, well, you know what's best for suicidal, but I would love to. I would love to do it. And then there was a couple old songs that he busted out and we jammed on. I think like Lombardo played on and I played on. Uh, I don't know if he 
they might have come out. They were like redos of old songs or something like that, you know, or yeah. Michael songs or something. I was just like, whatever, I'll play. You just tell me. You point, I'll play, you know. But yeah. um, but yeah, I, I, there's a chance. There's a chance there'll be some new ST. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the. I'm waiting for the definite thumbs up. But there's talk going around. Hell yeah. No, I, I figured they should be. It's a good vibe now. And yeah. it's due. And then look, ST just keeps going. Like they like, you know, they always come. Mike always comes with something and it's refreshing and it always yeah. seems right. Nothing ever seems like too much or like yeah. too soon. And, and I got to say this shout out to ST for giving more minorities a place to, to thrive. Then listen, then the fresh air fund, the freaking listen, let me tell you. I know this because I'm one of them. Listen, I, shout out to. It's the best thing about ST, man. Like Listen, I said, I saw that tape. I'm like, whoa, this is. I a love it. Black guy, there's a black Play, more black Spanish guys. Exactly, I love it. Like, this is fucking. I love interesting. it. Interesting. This is multicultural, and you can hear it. Yes, I love. Listen, straight up and down, they wouldn't be no Madball without ST. One, besides being affiliated, how we are, and just in general, if you look at early Madball, like even before I was in the band, like the first stages, like when Freddie was a kid, and then they did a seven inch, they would rock the bandanas. You know, yeah. nobody was rocking the bandanas unless it was suicidal, and it was kind of on an old to ST. Oh yeah. On, some kind of that well, type that of shit. BST, it was, and, and and all those, all all those dudes, man. They yeah. all, everyone. St is the OGs, and yeah. Mike is the OG, and like even you know we just played with the reunited um, Biohazard out oh. in uh, Milwaukee Metalhouse. Yeah, you know, even then with the blue blue bandanas, man. Like I know it, we, and I can say it because I'm the same. Like yeah. we all owe St. Yes. You know, a fucking absolutely you know, to be so. able even for us to be a, you know, an affiliated kid from the streets to still be able to connect skateboarding and have it be cool. Listen, I came from all black Spanish neighborhood. First yeah. of all, I was a skin and to be a skinhead when they only had white power shit on TV. I already had you had a, we either had to deny it and just say I don't into it or you had to have the hardcore superpower. And mm -hmm. in my high school, there was like four or five of us, me, Beto, and two other my boys that loved metal and hardcore. And you know what? It was all black and Spanish. We caught shit, but we always, we stuck with it. That's yeah. why we're still here. We were like, fuck that. This is our shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. why I'm so, I'm passionate about it because motherfuckers don't know. I was a skin when people were just saying skinheads were white power in an all black and Latin school. And I was yeah. with DMs, AF shaved head. But because I loved hardcore so much, I'm yeah. like, they don't even know this shit comes from black music, from the yeah. whole, you know, the that whole the soul and the sky. They don't know. I go, they, they don't, and I use it as a superpower. They don't, they don't, know they don't deserve it. it. They don't deserve to be on yeah. it. They'll figure it out, kind of shit, yeah. you know. I mean, I would love to. Hear, uh, do you know how Madball got that name? Yeah, I gotta yeah. tell you, it's funny because there's a lot of these urban legends, like you I know, they know. they ended up calling the a ball in a sock, a mad ball. Well, really what it was, you know, um, they used to bring Freddie on the road when he was a little kid and um, they used to fuck with him a lot. And like, he has a bad temper. So th there's been situations where there's like a famous video, like one time they fucked with him and he literally just took rocks and blasted the, the windows out of the van, out of every window in the van. Like he was a little kid, like yeah. walling. So he would have his head shaved and stigma say, hey, he looks like a little mad ball. 
because the toy was around Madball, Madball, yeah. and he would say, yeah. "Oh, Madball, Madball," and then it became Freddie Madball, Madball. Right. So then he would jump up to sing the song, but Stigma was the one always rooting for him, like. Obviously, Roger loved having up, but Stigma was the one yeah. like, yo, get the, yo, Madball, he should have a band. You know, Stigma's more, this is why I love being, you know, my, my whole everything with Madball was when you talk to Stigma, he'll say, yo, his greatest times in music were with Madball. I know you wow. had great things with AF, but he had, and to me, I'm like, you kidding me? That's my fucking idol. You yeah. know, like to, to, to be part of his best memories, That's you know, true. to be that type to me, he's like, Oof, forget Elvis, fuck that. I got Stigma saying, Right. You know what I mean? But uh, but it's yeah. great. You know, it's having, you know, the, the, the OGs is good that the, these certain OG bands are still playing and with the right people behind it. Like you yes. with the right attitude, how Zach Wilde is doing, how he Pantera. did with Ozzy, how he's doing with Pantera. Like, yeah, I'm getting a check, but no, nah, well, this shit got to be represented the right way. He is. He's Dimebag's best friend. You know yes. what I mean? Like he, he wouldn't do it without respect. Yes. You know that. Yes. Yeah. And and that's dope. And, and and what's next for you right now? I know ST's like you doing select things. What are you doing? What's your next move besides being a dad and all that yeah. stuff? I'm probably a lot, and I gotta think about what I'm doing. <laughs> Any touring? Any like playing or well, just? ST's not torn pretty much till uh, the fall. Got you. you know, scoring? You're scoring? Summer. Yeah, I'm working on scoring stuff. I'm working on. I'm I'm working on trying to just solicit opportunities right now. This is kind of my time to be like, let me reach out and find opportunities for scoring and reach out, maybe go out to LA, do some business and for sure. meet with some people. And um, I'm doing, I moved not too long ago. So as all the house stuff I got to do, I got farm animals. Dope. Still in Jersey? Yeah, I'm still in Jersey. Good, good. And, and that's good. You got your own. He's like, of course. You got farm animals. That's great. What kind of animals? Uh, Well, I used to have about 70. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Like oh, you're one of those guys. You're one of those dudes. It was overnight. It was like, <laughs> it was overnight. Like one day me and my wife had bought a house and there was farm animals and the lady didn't really take them with her. She's like, oh, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming. I'm coming. You know, I'll get them. I'll get them. And she'd come and take a few. And then they're still out. And I was like, fuck this. I, I feel anxious. Like, are they here or they're not you know and i yeah. said leave them here and i had like for a few years i was taking care of about 70 farm sheep goats horses alpacas God, turkeys geese crazy fucking pigs are you crazy yeah just all by myself you bugging so dude that was and i was getting roughed up rams hit me fucking back <laughs> to me fuck that I got launched 20 feet in the air. I got Yo, Peter would be at my doorstep because I, I love animals, but fuck that. Some Rams going to be fucking with me at the wrong time of day. Oh, I know. I had a video on my Instagram. So I had like a little camera because it was like a security camera or some shit. And I got a footage of it. I was just doing something. The Ram comes up, boom, hits me. And I and then he comes to do it again. I fucking kick him in the face. And I got every Oh, real fucking oh, yeah. animal. Oh, yeah. God, real I was going to... Oh, blah, 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 blah. I and was like, going to yeah, say... They start ripping me. And I'm like, first of all, motherfucker, <laughs> my life is to these animals. I'm sitting here. I got a chicken who should have been dead a year ago because it's a food chicken. It can't walk. It can, and I'm fucking feeding it. I'm being, <laughs> don't tell me about animal rights. Yeah. Second of all, when the rams hit each other, it's about 80 pounds of pressure. You think oh, my God. little kick... <laughs> did shit yeah. for that ram he thought tickled 
I know people are fake. It tickled. It was like I'm trying to not get broken right now. People are just, and, and, and of course, fucking animal Bruce, all this shit. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This yeah, goddamn yeah. thing does it for that's a fucking. He's got a boner. Crazy. Like, yeah. Now we're talking, motherfucker. Kick me. So a lot now of folks. Do you, do you do you have like do you use um now for whatever animals you got left? Do you use it for milk or you just have them to have them? They were all just rescues, man. I, I, they oh, gave me no. They just cost me money. <laughs> but now I'm I moved, so I can't keep them all. But I still got some pigs. Uh, I'm trying to find good homes for all of them right gotcha. now. But I got a few pigs. But in my backyard now, I got geese and turkeys and chickens, and they're they're cool because they they got personalities and stuff yeah, like for sure. Yeah, these, for sure. These, these birds come up and they put their head through the dog door and they're like, "Yo, breakfast." They come up. <laughs> And yeah, they like, say these, these birds are smart for they're sure. Smart. They get depressed. Oh, they they got full emotions. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I know. I know a bunch of turkeys. Yeah, yeah. I know a bunch of human turkeys. No. Um, but that's jive good. You know yeah, a yeah, a bunch of jive turkeys. Yeah, jive that's, turkeys. A, that's a Mike Muir lingo right there. He's still rocking the jive turkey. Jive no, but I, I'm glad I was able to get up with you, man, and and and. So as of now, you're just gonna be on the low. Next, next I'm musical. And I'm making music, man. I I got so many projects I gotta finish. Something uh, to be coming out. Yeah, I have nothing coming out really. I'm just trying to. I've got, man. Everyone's asking about Dillinger documentaries yeah. and footage, and I got maybe. so many open-ended things I gotta do. Okay, I'm, so I, let's leave the the people with some of this. So maybe some Dillinger something. Maybe. You know what else? What I am doing, I've been, I've found, I've looking in my basement, I've got so much vinyl and rare shit from Dillinger. That so shit gotta much. come up. And I'm like, you know what? People want this stuff. I'm gonna put up a store. Put you it up. I mean? Because everyone's selling this stuff for hundreds of dollars. Put it I up. I got like five of, I got a whole box of these. They've been put going. It, absolutely. Since, put it I up. I've it since 1998. That I'm carrying from house to house. I'm like, why am I doing it? My kids don't want this shit. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna, put I, it I, definitely. Yeah. Put it up. So I'm and gonna I, make a whole store of rare shit from my history. Yes, that people can access, access easily, access affordably, and so that's I'm working on cataloging all that. That takes time. Uh, I'm working on soundtrack type stuff. Um, just kind of. Tons of shit. Definitely that the, the, that music, your your those tracks that you never put out. It's a great thing because um, one, um, that they're gonna keep it alive longer than you will. You know what yeah. I mean? They're gonna they're gonna uh, hold it and save it longer and pass it on. And you yeah. know the same thing. I always make sure when I I don't have one of my albums. I wish I did because somebody would come that I know really I wanted it, take it because I know you're gonna. You're gonna show your kid and be like, "This album gave it to me, and, I, and it's gonna have its own life." And yeah, let that your, your your legend, your story keeps going. Well, that's you why know? I'm like, I, I, why am I keeping all this? Why yeah. am I carrying it around with me? Like, I have it. I have the experiences. Like, you know. yeah, yes. But listen, I'm glad you were able to jump on. I definitely we're gonna talk soon. Anyway, I want to just touch base with you on some other shit to talk some shit. Absolutely, but you call me anytime. You know what's up, and um, I'm glad you know everything, yo. I'm glad Suicidal got the squad now, and it's sounding good. And um, and I'm glad Jersey. I got. I'm glad they got some East Coast in the mix. Yep. And and you know, whenever you're in Florida, I'm down here. If you ever come down here, where are you, you in know, Florida now? I, I'm in Miami, um, Hollywood area right now. Okay. And 
I'm going to be up north soon. I'm working on a new cannabis show where I connect cannabis with music and local okay. businesses. So I'm going to be up in New York, New Jersey soon. Yeah. So we just got to get I'll up and back. chill. I come to Miami every now and again, too. So Whenever you come down here, let me yeah. know. I'm here. And then if anything, we do, we'll do some jamming at my house yeah. for sure. You know, my, my kids are Jubins. So, oh, so they belong Miami. here. Miami's kind of the place. You know Listen, I mean? but, yeah, when let's you know. whenever you hear you come down, we chill. Not yeah. only we chill, um, we'll work on some music, we'll talk some shit, we'll jump on here and we'll do some okay. shit for sure. Let's make it happen. Absolutely. Listen, I'm glad you jumped up. Everybody, make sure you follow him. I'm gonna send you the link when I put this out and I'll text you in a little bit, all right? All right, cool. Thanks, yeah. Yo, we out of here. Go make sure you follow my man, Ben Wyman, on everything. He does suicidal, dirty jersey, Dillinger. Look out for that Dillinger exclusive store. He's going to be selling shit. Go buy it. Exclusives. Exclusives. Yo, we out of here. Yo, we out of here. Be safe, man. We talk soon, all right? Peace.